0: And if you'd like to open your Bibles this afternoon to 1 Peter chapter 3, we'll be reading from verse 8 to 12 at least, Um, I guess stop off at 12 at this time. 1 Peter chapter 3 beginning with verse 8, finally be ye all of one mind "...having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that ye are called to this, that ye should inherit a blessing." For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer? Loving Father, we do thank you for this passage and pray, Lord, for your continued working in our own lives and that it may be edifying to us as well as encouraging to us that we might receive your counsel and instruction on how that we can better serve you, Lord, and to be witnesses for you, and to realize, Lord, that the way you would have us to serve you is by living a life that is pleasing to you. And so I pray, Father, for your grace and mercies and blessing. Upon your word now, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we look at this passage, um, we find that there are some very practical things that are being said here for us as Christians, and he brings some statements to our hearts that really should make a difference as far as our lifestyle and how that we are recognized by others or how that they see us as being Christians. So we find that uh, he wants us at at all times to love as brethren. To love as brethren. And so we find that this uh, love that we are to demonstrate is one which is in keeping with the love of God. Um, Not in any sense the kind of pseudo-love that the world perpetrates, but within the same mind of Christ and within the same idea that God would have us to demonstrate a love in keeping with the love of Christ. First of all, we are to be in one mind or of one mind together. And, of course, that is in Christ. It, you know, there may be people who are, have similar goals and similar ambitions. And we see that all the time in the world. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a, a life of living that it demonstrates that we are not only followers of Christ, but that we want to live after the very model of Christ and how that he would have us to live toward one another. And so we are to be of one mind in Christ. Secondly, we are to have compassion, love one another, be tender-hearted, be courteous. Um, seems like that these things ought to Ought always to be certainly we ought to be a compassionate people to one another we ought to love one another we ought to be tender-hearted toward one another be sympathetic be empathetic when we can toward one another in the various kinds of situations and circumstances we find ourselves and uh, courteous. It seems like today that word has kind of almost been expunged from many people's lives. We find that most people are quite rude in fact, rather than being courteous to anybody. Um, A little bit of courteousness is certainly the mark of someone who desires to live at peace with others as well as to esteem others greater than themselves which is also a principle that we find being taught in the scriptures thirdly be a blessing unto others for we are called to inherit a blessing I think we even have one of our hymns in the hymn book about uh, about being a blessing do we not Make make me a blessing there you go Dave um well, that was one of Ernie's favorites, uh, Steve, Make Me a Blessing. He, uh, he always asked for that when he uh, was in a church where he could ask for a song. He would ask for Make Me a Blessing. Um, as a pastor, sometimes you remember favorite songs of different people in the congregation. And I think the Lord does that just so we can be reminded of the different kind of people in our congregation and how they have their own blessing to share to others by some of the favorite scriptures or favorite songs or hymns or things that they have, a, have learned to appreciate over time um, and so we are to be a blessing unto others because we are called to inherit a blessing well, everybody wants a blessing, don't we? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, happy is, is he. I believe, actually, the idea of that is that the blessed man is the happy man. And we are to we are to be a blessing, for we shall inherit one. And so we'd like to look at these several areas uh, here this afternoon. And... The last one that I couldn't get on there because I ran out of space. As brethren, we are to watch our tongue to speak no evil or guile for the Lord is watching us. I, I, I can't really remember the title of the song but this was a worldly song for sure. But there was one that came out a number of years ago that said God is watching you or God is something like that. Do you remember it? Uh, Edith's shaking her head, she remembers it. Uh, Even the world will sometimes come up with something like that, you know. Um, But uh, we find that God is watching. Of course, that's an anthropomorphic statement, I guess, isn't it? Characteristics of that God... We sometimes assign God characteristics that... Like as we have. uh, To see, or to watch, or the face of God, or something like that, but um, I, I suppose none of us have any doubt that God is somehow watching. Maybe that causes us to be a little bit shameful at times. We Maybe we might say, oh no, you mean God is watching me doing what I'm doing? And if that's the case, maybe he isn't surprised by anything we do. <laughs> or maybe, just maybe, uh, it is a, a reminder that If we are called to be his followers, if we are walking in the footsteps of Jesus, somehow the Lord is looking on to see just how we are doing in that process. And I'm not altogether happy with how I'm doing, as maybe you are not, but I'm trying. I'm trying, uh, I'm, I'm trying to take a few steps in that direction that would please the Lord, and I trust you are as well. Okay, so let's look at this passage a little bit more closely and draw some conclusions. Finally, be ye all of one mind. Of course, this isn't the only thing Peter was going to say, so finally here doesn't really mean that that's the end of it. <laughs> but he is saying some things that are of some significance, And uh, uh, he wants to draw us in to the conversation. Wants to draw us into it. Finally, be ye of one mind, having one compassion, excuse me, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Well, we see that um, godly living is um, within the framework of everything that he is talking about here, whether it's uh, in verse 1, where he begins to talk about wives and husbands and of their chaste conduct and of the wives adorning and of the hidden man of the heart in verse 4, and... uh, of how that we have examples from the Old Testament of um, how that godly women uh, are to uh, conduct themselves. Uh, And so in like manner he says in verse 7, dwell with them according to knowledge. Uh, We have a relationship that we have to be conscientious about. And if that relationship is important, then... If husband and wife, if family, if a church family, if those who are believers coming together of like faith, shouldn't we then be of one mind in Christ? Shouldn't we be of one mind in Christ? And I think, you know, the unanimous statement is we should be of one mind in Christ and perhaps that is um, something that we should think about a a lot especially when we come together with other people because we realize that we're not altogether compatible at times just because we're different people and because we are different people, we think differently. We have our own mannerisms, if you will. We have our own interests. We have our own sense of direction that we, we want to pursue in life. And that being the case, we, we, some, sometimes those individuality aspects of our life come out. But when we are together... And we realize that there is one particular mind that's set that we are to have. And that mindset is to be in Christ. In fellowship with Christ. In fellowship with one another. And so also to be a blessing unto one another. Now, it will be difficult, of course, in the world. Um, You cannot do this in the world. There is um, not only different opinions, uh, but those opinions are very strongly felt. And there is a really great controversy in the world. Uh, We don't get along with the world very well. But rather, we find that we are at, at... enmity with those in the world, just as they are at enmity with God. But if we are to have godly living in the home or in the church, then there must be a like-mindedness. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love the brethren. Our compassionate heart uh, considers others and we know the Lord his, his, his compassionate heart we became uh, very much aware of when he was willing to suffer and die for our sins when he took upon himself our suffering, Amen. our penalty, the penalty of, us, of sin that kind of compassion we call sacrificial love and we know that the Lord loves us and that we ought also then to love one another. We ought also to love one another. And perhaps you think of Ephesians 4:32, uh, that verse being speaking about that, love one for another, where it says, And be ye kind, one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Ephesians 4.32 I know that it's one that you probably committed to memory long ago, but we find that it is a, a, a wonderful exhortation to us to care for one another, compassionately, with love. With love. So, finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful. Well, um, at the top of the page there on your bulletin, I did put a little. Um, quote from Believer's Bible Commentary. He says kindness and unselfish concern for the welfare of others and a desire to be helpful even at great personal sacrifice. Tenderheartedness, a sympathetic, affectionate and compassionate interest in others and a willingness to bear their burdens. Forgiveness a readiness to pardon offenses, to overlook personal wrongs against oneself, and to harbor no desire for retaliation. Well, I think, you know, they had some good things to say uh, there about those very things that we are talking about, wherein that we should not only be compassionate toward one another, but love... One another. Love as brethren, he says. Be pitiful and be courteous. And so, this sense of um, being pitiful, if we see someone, I suppose, if you think of um, someone in great need and you see that they have a need and you go to them and try to assist them in some way. To show the love of Christ to them. We find that there are a lot of people who have great need today. And of course to one another as brethren these things are always to be. To be courteous unto the brethren. And so to in every way um, practice some kind of politeness that would be meaningful to the person that you are talking to or trying to help. Of course, we we don't want to do this hypocritically, do we? But we want to genuinely, genuinely show compassion and love to the brethren and to be courteous to one another. And we find that we are to have that compassion and love to one another that uh, we may model, that is, the true love of God in Christ Jesus. Moving on to the next verse here in verse 9, he says, "...not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that ye are called to this, that she should inherit a blessing. Well, we know that the Old Testament principle or eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth has been used for many acts of ill treatment, we might say. Um, But that is not the reason God instituted certain cause and effect principles in the Old Testament that he might sanctify his people unto a better way of living that was within the framework of the law of God in the Old Testament it was a kind of governmental law in a sense only it was theocratic the, the theocracy of God required it because Israel was a theocratic nation That is, under the rule of God. Well, of course, we find that that is important, isn't it? Uh, When Israel was under the true rule and authority of God, it had to be a nation governed by God. It had to be a nation governed not only governmentally or politically, you might say, but also morally, socially socially and morally by god and so hence there was a need to punish uh treatment against one another that was um not only improper but against the the law of god the social order of the nation of israel was theocratic and so it was necessary to do that but we find as christ has come to set us free from the law of sin and death and that Christ has come that He might show us truly of the grace of God, God's grace that goes beyond the law in the sense that Christ came to set us free and that we might live unto Christ and be free from the Lord. Uh, the law. Be free from the law. And so this uh, sense here of rendering evil for evil was not something within the framework of how Christ taught the disciples. Rather he taught them to turn the other cheek. He taught them if someone wanted their coat, you should give them not only your outer coat, but your inner coat. He, He told them if you if they ask you to go a mile go too. If you you all of those things that were principled maybe under some sense of the juristic law, Christ ended up saying, do more. Do, do Go beyond. Rather than simply only keeping the letter of, of the law. But rather, go beyond. And uh, we find that uh, the world, of course, renders evil for evil. Um i i don 't know some of you perhaps uh, watched some things on TV. There was a particular program that came on that I was watching the series of it, um, and it was really about these lawyers, and of course, there's a lot of bad things said about lawyers, as you well know uh, but the program really epitomized the sense of these lawyers being so cutthroat. Uh, they, in other words, they rendered evil for evil. They rendered the, um, the very thing that we are told not to do, railing for railing. And law, the, these lawyers, the, well, if you went into a court of law today, you know, it could, if you had a bad lawyer or a lawyer that was uh, able to do terrible things through the law, they might really take everything you have and throw you in jail too. Uh, you know, it would be. It would be pretty bad. Uh, but that's the way the world is. I only mention that because that's what the world does. The world it epitomizes those kinds of things and praises them. But that is not the way of a Christian. We are not to render evil for evil. We are not to render railing for railing. But contrary wise, it says, Blessing, knowing that ye are called to this, that ye should inherit a blessing. The purpose of the Christian is to be an example of Christ. To be an example of Christ. And we know that is going to take quite a bit of work on our part to really show forth the life of Christ in us. And so we we are called to to extend uh, the blessing especially unto the household of faith we are to extend this blessing and because we are called to a greater uh, that is we are to inherit a blessing when we shall see the Lord we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is and so we we want to be a good example while we are here, that we might be worthy of the blessing which he, bes- he seeks to bestow upon us. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips, that they speak no guile. Well, in this 10th verse here, uh, he gets into the area of how we speak in some of the other areas it's how we respond to people do we respond in compassion love? do we respond pitifully when necessary do we respond in courteousness uh, are we doing things um, in, a, in a better way rather than railing or, or in some sense uh, doing evil unto people um, and we find that now he speaks about this area of speaking of speaking for he that will love life and see good days let him refrain his tongue from evil as we know James talks about the tongue and that it is a world of iniquity that it is a a fire that sets on fire the course of nature well I guess Canada has been burning up up there but we know forest fires do rage on occasion and we are, not to, we are not to set anybody else on fire with our tongue. I will only mention this, and I won't mention any names, but I will say this, that I was talking to somebody recently, and they had stopped coming to church. And I asked them if they were going anywhere, and they said, well, once in a while we go this place or that place. And... I said, well, you should come to church. You should come back and fellowship with us. And the answer that the person gave was, well, there's been so many rumors, it's kind of awkward to think about coming back. Now, see, that's the kind of thing that we should try to avoid, isn't it? I said, there's been so many rumors it feels kind of awkward to try to come back well you know that's unfortunate that's unfortunate but you know that's the kind of thing the tongue does and i didn't ask any more questions about it i just said well you know i don't i don't listen to rumors very much i try not to i try to avoid that We'd love to have you come and fellowship with us. But um, he says, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. You know, even if something is true, it probably isn't a good idea to go around talking about it. Just because we don't know where the it will fall. Upon what what it would bring forth, what kind of ill fruit will come of it, and and so we, uh, it's a good idea not to pass on things like that. And his lips that speak, that they speak no guile, there be no guile or no, uh, no sense of fault, untruth in one's words. And then he goes on to say, let him eschew evil and do good. Um, I don't know, there are probably other places this word has been used, but I always think of Job. In the very early verses of Job it says Job eschewed evil. He, it's kind of like to push it away from you. To push it away. And that's probably good, good counsel, isn't it, from the Bible, that we push evil away from us. We, in other words, we don't do anything to encourage it. I mean, you can't tell... you. Somebody else may be saying something, or somebody else may be doing something. We don't have to necessarily be a part of it. You can somehow separate yourself from it, if best you can, to eschew evil and do good do good so again it's a contrast that is being set forth to do good rather than to to in any way invite evil to do good and you know it's it's, when you come to the Bible sometimes it just makes these contrasts you don't have to go into any further explanation because everybody knows what evil is everybody knows what good is Everybody knows what to say something with the tongue that might might cause a problem and and everybody knows that when there is some kind of of, um, bad things happening that you don't want to be a part of it you kind of walk away from it. And so we are to walk away from the evil and we are to do good. Let him seek peace And pursue it and so we find that that's interesting peace doesn't come naturally does it somehow we have to pursue it I mean we'd like to have peace but you know even in the world uh, peace uh, peace is kind of fleeting how many times have they tried to make peace in the Middle East you know for with Israel And, and Time after time after time, every president comes along, tries to make some some peace treaty uh, to help Israel be at peace with its neighbors and and so forth, and and still it fails most of the time. But my point is that peace you have to pursue peace. You have to you have to pursue it. You it doesn't come naturally. I guess that's the old nature, isn't it? The the relative Aspect of the old nature is want to dominate others, and uh, and of course when it comes to the world and and politics, it wants to dominate. But don't be surprised if you find that in the church too. Sometimes in the church, people want to dominate others. Sometimes you find those who are not so peaceable. They don't mind railing once in a while. Once in a while, they don't mind doing evil once in a while to get their own way. Uh, well, just in families, the same, same thing is true, isn't it? Families though, can be very manipulative. You can, you can find unrest in families everywhere you go. And so, even in Christian families, you have, you have to really pursue peace in order to have peace in the home. You have to do all, all, everything you can to try to model the life of Christ Sometimes saying nothing can bring peace. And sometimes just opening your mouth will do quite the opposite. So you have to know when to speak and when not to. um, And how to pursue peace. And then finally in verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. And the ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Again, here's a contrast. There is the righteous whom the Lord is watching over. And there are those who are evil that the face of the Lord is against. So you have another contrast. And in this particular contrast, we, of course, want to be on the side of those who are waiting for God to bless us because we are seeking those things that would be most glorifying and honoring to him whether it be in the home or in the church or with other people that we have some relation to and of course this is again an anthropomorphic um, characteristic the eyes of the Lord and the ears, his ears are open unto our prayers and we know that if we're doing evil it's going to hinder our prayers um, we, you know, you, you, we, we can't sin and then turn around and pray and think the Lord is just going to automatically hear us and be willing to answer our request. we must be of one mind and heart with him just as we are to be of one mind and heart with one another we must be of one mind and heart with the Lord and so we are to be watch we're to remember that the lord is watching the lord is watching over the righteous and i suppose in this sense too we have that sense that if we are walking in the direction and in the way that god wants us to then that means when the lord is watching over us he wants he is blessing us because he is watching over us. Because he hasn't turned his face away from us. Because he is looking on and uh, and, and we might say in, in a good way appreciating the fact that the life of Christ is being demonstrated in our walk. Yes, he is with us. He is with us. But we get a sense in the latter part of the verse that the Lord isn't with those who do evil. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Well, when we stop and think about it, what else can the Lord do? Can, can, Can the Lord look the other way when we do wrong? No. That wouldn't be a holy God, would it? He must hold up His own holy standard of Right and wrong. Just and unjust. Good as opposed to evil. Perhaps we are reminded in the book of Genesis after every creative act God made and it was very good. God likes good. He likes good. And He realizes that the good that we seek to do is the kind of good that the Lord Jesus models for us. It is that kind of good that He wants us to do. Because Jesus was the the incarnate Son of God and He came to earth to walk and to talk to us and to tell us of that sacrifice that he would be making for us that we might live the life that he, that he would bless that he would seek to bless and so as it says in verse 9 but on the contrary blessing knowing that ye are called to this that ye should inherit a blessing At all times, love, as brethren, we are to be of one mind in Christ. Shall we pray? Thank you, Father, for your word to us and of these practical thoughts. And Lord, we know that you want us to be mindful of these things because as we are mindful of them, we will seek to live them out in our lives because Lord we know you are looking on and you want to bless us and if we are truly walking in a way that demonstrates that blessing unto others then you will fulfill your word and bless us as well and that we shall also inherit a blessing thank you Father for your word and for the ministry of the Holy Spirit